Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and today is another news flash episode because I will be actually going on vacation here very shortly. Um, I'm currently procrastinating packing and doing all of the fun stuff that you have to do before you actually leave anywhere for a week. So there will be no Linda on today's episode, but I assure you we still have plenty to talk about. Um, We've got some In the Heights box office news. We have some news about Jurassic World Dominion, even though it releases June 10th, 2022. So we're about a year away from that one. And then we also have some news on Battlefield 2042. Now, as I'm recording this, it is Saturday, June 12th. And so what that means is E3 has only been underway slightly. I've gotten some news about some games and stuff, but the full Battlefield 2042 reveal trailer, gameplay trailer, I should say, not the reveal trailer, just the gameplay trailer, uh, will be releasing uh, tomorrow, actually, on Sunday the 13th. So you're hearing this on Monday, most likely, or around then. And so I'm a little late to the game, but I wanted to try and dip into a little bit about what's going on with E3. So I covered about half of it in the news bit that you'll hear later on. And then finally, we're also going to get in discussion about the Fear Street trailer that just released from Netflix. They kind of give you more about what's actually going on in that tr- in that trilogy of films that's going to be releasing here in about a, uh, about two weeks, I think. And uh, so with that, we are going to kind of discuss the Fear Street trailer a little bit, and then we're going to get into some box office projection. We're going to talk about what the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is going to be doing at the box office. So that'll be a fun discussion. And uh, yeah, um, nothing else going on really at the borough here. We just did launch our summer merch lineup, so I encourage you to head over to theboroughreviews.com right now. Um, once you're at theboroughreviews.com, go up to the three tabs at the top and then go to our merch section to view all of the summer merch that is now available on the website. Um, I am super happy with a lot of the stuff that's up there. And plus, on hot summer days, you need a pair of flip-flops. So go get your flip-flops at theboroughreviews.com. Um, that's about all the announcements that I have. So without further ado, let's get into the news bit. And then after we uh, get done with that, we will come back and discuss. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Elise Schaefer of Variety writes, Box Office 
In the Heights dancing to his subdued $13 million debut. Warner Brothers' movie musical In the Heights is poised to top the domestic box office this weekend, though its three-day estimate now sits lower than previous predictions. Earlier in the week, In the Heights, directed by John M. Chu and based on the musical created by Lin-Manuel Miranda, was expected to generate more than $20 million in its debut weekend. But now, with the film bringing in only $4.9 million on Friday from just over 3,000 screens, its three-day estimate has fallen to just under $13 million. Featuring a predominantly Latino cast, In the Heights follows a bodega owner who discovers that his shop has sold a winning lottery ticket. It's important to note that musicals have a track record of being a mixed bag at the box office. Though In the Heights earned Broadway recognition with the Tony Award win for Best Book, it's not well known as Miranda's other musical, Hamilton. Furthermore, In the Heights is also available on HBO Max, meaning viewers may have skipped the theater to enjoy the film in the comfort of their own homes. Though this weekend's numbers are more subdued than the past weeks, there are still plenty of summer blockbusters on the way, notably Fast and Furious 9 on June 25th, or F9, and Black Widow on July 9th. Mike Reyes of Cinema Blend writes, Why T-Rex is the main character of Jurassic World Dominion's first footage instead of Chris Pratt? The T-Rex from Jurassic Park is an iconic character loved by the world. Her return in the Jurassic World franchise has only proven that point, even in the midst of blockbuster beefcake Chris Pratt doing his thing with a pack of trained raptors. Which is part of why, according to co-writer-slash-director Colin Trevorrow, the new extended trailer for Jurassic World Dominion that will screen in IMAX ahead of Fast 9 has Roberta as the star of the show. Trevorrow said, To me, this is showing the origin of one of the biggest characters in the Jurassic Park franchise, showing how she died long ago, and then showing her on the run from the cops now. She's been through a lot when you consider all of the really traumatic things that have happened to T-Rex since the very first movie, since Jurassic Park. But then she was displaced, and now she's out in a world that she doesn't understand. I am as interested in, you know, what's going on with her psychologically as I am any of the other characters. Before anyone gets confused, Roberta is the T-Rex that battled the raptors at the end of Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, not the mother T-Rex that was abducted from Site B and brought to San Diego in the Lost World. All in all, sounds like the world will have another opportunity to get emotional over a dinosaur in peril, much as we've seen in the previous Jurassic World installments. While June 10th, 2022 seems like a long time to wait for Jurassic World Dominion's events to unfold, we'll all get to see Roberta the T-Rex engage in a police chase when the extended trailer debuts with F9 starting June 25th. Jay Condit of Engadget writes, Everything you need to know about Battlefield 2042. DICE and EA have finally lifted the curtain on the next installment of the Battlefield franchise, a massive near-future sandboxy title called Battlefield 2042, and clearly, developers are hoping this one will help players forget all about Battlefield 5. Battlefield 2042 is set in the near-future world that's been ravaged by climate-driven disasters, leading to the most severe refugee crisis in human history. Battlefield 2042 has been revealed to have three main modes. All-Out Warfare, Hazard Zone, and a third mystery experience in development at DICE LA. The game will support matches of up to 128 players on PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5. 
Battlefield 2042 will land on October 22nd and it will cost $60 on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. It's $70 on Xbox Series X and PS5. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Burrow Reviews or the Into the Burrow podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, let's start with the most depressing news, which is In the Heights basically being kind of shoveled off to the side with a $13 million debut. Let's not forget, though, people, we came out of a pandemic, and this film is not only in theaters, it is also streaming on HBO Max. So for it to do $13 million, I don't think that's half bad, considering the fact that... um, yeah, it was, I mean, I guess, it, you know, the argument to be made is that it was prime time to release a film like this featuring, you know, a heavily Latino cast and, you know, it's summer, it's going to, you know, revive the box office. It's going to be a summer blockbuster with music that everyone's going to be singing all summer long. And um, that doesn't look to be the case, but let's remember that with a lot of these musicals, these catch on in the following weeks. So they don't always have as big of a second week drop at the box office compared to something like the conjuring three, which saw kind of a pretty substantial dip at the box office the second week. Um, so it, it's possible that, you know, it doesn't drop all that much and it only drops 40%. And then it, you know, kind of remains stagnant for a few weeks and, and it's still making a decent amount of money. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that, But yes, it is still coming under expectations just a little bit. That's not meaning that the film is bad. It's actually getting a lot of um, positive attention. I know a lot of the uh, customers that I'm talking about as they're actually, um, you know, exiting the theater of In the Heights, they really love it. We have a lot of families uh, going to it and uh, everyone seems to be having a lot of fun. And it's not the marketing department's fault either, because I think they marketed the hell out of this movie and I think they did a damn good job doing it too. So I don't think that's quite the reason why it's not performing so well. I think it's just maybe the fact that, you know, it's the first weekend that we just came off of a quiet place. Um, and you know, people are kind of getting reacclimated back out into society. You know, they're finally able to go out and do things and, you know, maybe, uh, this will have strong word of mouth play and we'll see it do, um, better in the box office next week as far as expectations go. And, uh, I hope the best for this movie because, um, you know, it's, it's different than everything else that's playing. You know, you have a quiet place, you have Corella. And then you also have The Conjuring, which are all kind of creepy movies, low-key. So this one is bright, it's fun, 
And I, I really do hope that more and more people go out to see it because from what I hear, it's fantastic. Now let's talk about the Jurassic Park dinosaur. So everyone's been wondering, you know, why are we getting this advanced preview in front of F9 for Jurassic World Dominion? Well, I think it's to garner a lot of hype for the final Jurassic World movie that we're going to get. And who knows if they're going to make more after it, but for sure for the Chris Pratt trilogy that we have, I think that's going to about sum it up. And the fact that they're choosing to, you know, showcase Roberta or the T-Rex that everyone's familiar with from the original Jurassic Park that everyone knows and loves, uh, I think that sh- that's a pretty strong indication to me that they are not shying away from the past and that they will be making a ploy to try and to try and maybe, you know, cater to the people who have had a hard time getting into this franchise because of how different it is than say the original Jurassic Park trilogy. And uh, you can you can tell by uh, Colin Trevorrow's words, not only in the news bit there, but also when he's talking about the original cast return, he says, quote, that they're going to be big characters, um, meaning that they're going to play a large part of the story. So Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, all those people will hopefully have a lot to do in Jurassic World Dominion. And I can't wait to see that, even though we are about a year away from it. But Keep your eyes peeled on more news, and I'm sure that once F9 releases at the end of the month after it's you know, been in theaters for a while, we might get the preview ourselves online, so we're going to be able to kind of dive into those details a little bit more. Finally, we have um, what's going on at E3, uh, which isn't much because I've only watched, oh, I haven't even watched all of it, um, but I only have information about day one of E3 so far. The most hype is coming from the trailer for Avatar, which is based on James Cameron's film. And uh, we also have a Mario crossover with Nintendo. On the note of James Cameron's Avatar-like video game, I did play Avatar when it came back out. Oh man, I don't even know what year that, that game came out. Hold on. So James Cameron's Avatar video game came out in... Dis- in So James Cameron's Avatar The Game came out December 1st, 2009. So it's been quite a while and I did play a lot of that. And I remember that you could choose to either, you know, be like basically um, on the human side or you could choose the planet side. And, you you know, you could kind of forge your own path that way, which was pretty cool. I always like when games do that and give me the choice. But that was basically it as far as, you know, the reveals from day one. We have day two coming up tomorrow. Uh, so that, that would be for those of you who are listening on Monday, I'm not talking about Tuesday. Uh, I record this on Saturday, so I'm referencing the last half of the show is coming, uh, on Sunday at 1145 Eastern time. So I expect that, um, that will be a much bigger show just because you have Microsoft and and Bethesda that have a a showcase. And then you also have Square Enix that will follow at 315. So you're going to have a lot more to kind of, you know, sink your teeth into um, the further we go along with E3. Unfortunately, I just wasn't able to cover it, which means that I wasn't able to get the gameplay trailer reveal for Battlefield 2042. I wasn't able to talk about that, but I did talk about the reveal trailer and what we know about Battlefield 2042, and I'm pretty pumped for that because I love Battlefield 4. As a fan of Battlefield Bad Company and Battlefield 3 and 4, 
I absolutely love what they're doing. The only downfall to Battlefield 2042 that I can see of right now is the fact that there is no single player. And that's going to disappoint a lot of people, just to be frank. Like, I mean, a lot of people have negative reception to this trailer, not because of the trailer, but because they found out that there is no single player. So it's just going to be a multiplayer sandbox, and we'll see how that turns out. They're, They're saying that there won't be any sort of Battle Royale mode. They have three game modes so far. Um, they've revealed two of them. One's a squad-based mode, and the other is more of your standard Battlefield modes, which includes like Conquest and Rush, although they're calling that Breakthrough now. Um, I absolutely love that game mode. That's a side note, but I think it's one of the most fun multiplayer game modes ever. Uh, the other one, Hazard Zone, is the squad-based um gameplay that i was talking about but it isn't battle royale so i don't know what they mean by that um hopefully the game the gameplay trailer that we're going to get will kind of dive into more of the details on maybe what the game modes are but i'm just curious to see how it eventually turns out for them sales wise given the fact that there aren't any single player experiences to be had now the hype around Battlefield 2042 after all the leaks and everything was astronomical. So I'm betting that their sales are going to look pretty good, but they are charging $70 on next-gen consoles and on PS4, Xbox One, um, and PC it is $60. So I don't know. We'll see how it turns out, and I'll keep everyone posted here with more details as far as E3 goes if we get more in the future. Um, I might cover more gaming news because I quite like it. Oh, uh, on a side note too, uh, Battlefield 2042 will support matches of up to 128 players on PC, Xbox Series X, and PlayStation 5. So basically PC and then all of the next-gen consoles will be able to support up to 128 players, which is massive. Um, 64 already felt like too many, but too many in the best way possible, if you know what I mean. So it'll be scaled down a bit for the older consoles like the Xbox One and PS4. But, you know, 64 is still a good amount of players if you're on those consoles. But if you have a PC, I would probably recommend you get it on PC. They haven't released the specs yet um, for hardware. That'll come probably, I'm guessing, tomorrow or uh, in July at the E3 State of Play. So more information on that coming in the future. And that about concludes our news discussion for today. So we are going to move on to discussing the Fear Street trailer, and then we'll do some box office projection when we come back. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. On the Fear Street trailer, I will say that um, every time that they, you know, reveal more information or more footage from this trilogy, the quasi-trilogy that's happening on Netflix, based on R.L. Stein's books, um, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a couple of weeks, you know that we've been raving about everything that's coming with this trilogy. Um, 
I will say that we get a little taste of what's to come in each different, you know, marketing material that that we get. Um, And so the trailer is no different here. There was a time when things were good on Shadyside. But now, that's all gone. Oh man, I turn the around with the skeleton hand, yeah. Hello? Still alive. Who is this? It's happening again. Tonight is Sunnyvale versus Shadyside. Red versus blue, good versus evil. We commence a Kate Color Shadyside, a history of horror, has earned it the nickname Killer Capital USA. It's happening, guys. These massacres happen in Shadyside over and over. The devil has come to feast on our misdeeds. If they want a witch. Witches! Witches! I will curse this tone. Forever. I really think that, you know, it it is evoking different horror aesthetics throughout. It's, you know, evoking the 90s and it's evoking the 70s with a kind of Camp Crystal Lake vibe and then the 1666 Part 3, which feels more in line with like Robert Eggers' uh, The Witch. Um, We definitely got like a full trailer and it was pretty confident in its in its, you know, declaration of being a trilogy, but also, you know, basically delineating in time backwards. So it goes from 1994 to, you know, the 1970s, and then it goes to 1666. So they are very competent in their ability to tell the story backwards throughout the years as part of a quasi trilogy. And, um, you know, Fear Street was intended to be more of like an older young adult readership where the stories typically had a much darker and more reality grounded tone. And it certainly seems like Netflix is looking to preserve that more uh, serious tone while still being accessible to the mainstream audience. Um, It's a tightrope to walk, but honestly, given the trailer, it looks like they might do it pretty well. I'm not going to say that it's going to be the best, you know, trilogy or the best horror film of the year or anything like that. But what I am saying is that there seems like there is a lot of fun to be had with the trailer And I'm so like bummed that I didn't get the chance to talk about it with Linda because like, honestly, like I'm sure she had so much to say about it. Um, Hop down in the comments below and like, uh, you know, ask her like what she thought of it so that she responds because I haven't, I haven't talked to her. So maybe, maybe you reach out to her directly and then, and then, uh, and then she'll respond under the Burroughs account Um, because I'm curious to know what she thinks of it as well. That's about all I have for like uh, trailers this week. Um, you know, I didn't really see too much. You know, Infinite came out on Paramount Plus with Mark Wahlberg. I saw some trailers floating around for that. I also didn't get the chance to check out Loki uh, episode one. So eventually, when I get some downtime, I'm going to go watch Loki. And then, you know, I don't know if we'll cover it here on the podcast at all, but um, just because like it's starting to become kind of a chore, keeping up with Marvel films weekly on a podcast kind of eats up all the time. But if you guys want it, let us know, and we might talk about it anyway, at least. Uh, if not weekly, we'll try and hit it at the very end of the show, and we'll give a like full spoiler discussion or something about it if you um, are open to it and uh, want that. 
So let us know in the comments below if you want us to talk about Loki. But with Fear Street Street down and out of the way, let's now move on to the final segment of the show, which is box office projections. So we'll be right back. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theboroughreviews.com. If you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, on our site you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Borough. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theboroughreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, you know how it is here at the Into the Borough podcast. We like to give you the stats from last week first. So In the Heights, as you heard in the news bit, um, is rounding out, it looks like, around $13 million at the box office. Me and Linda were both way off. I said 25. She said 24. We're way wrong. So um, I'm not going to allot any points for that one this time, even though she technically was closer. I just don't feel like it's... uh, I just don't feel like it's appropriate to give her that much um, credit for that when we're still like, you know, double digits off. But um, we do have the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard coming out. Linda's not here to project it with me this week, and I didn't ask her what she thinks it would make. Um, But for Hitman, I am, or I should say Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which there's too many apostrophes in that title. Um, That is a sequel to um, The Hitman's Bodyguard, which came out in August of 2017. It was kind of a sleeper hit. It uh, debuted to $21.4 million before cashing out with $75.5 million domestically in the United States, which was a respectable sum for a $30 million movie coming out in the days um, that it was, you know, the fucking hot summer blistering sun. Um, so that film did pretty well. This one, I think it's going to have a lot of, um, I think it's going to have a lot of people that like the first one, uh, come back to see it in theaters. But the problem with that is I don't know of anyone that, um, is dying to see this movie or that really, really loves the first. So I have a hard time, you know, believing that it'll make more than 21 million, which puts me at about $15 million, which is where my projection is coming in. Um, $15 million. That is the final projection for me for the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Uh, I don't see it doing more than that. And it's kind of unfortunate, but again, um, you know, I'm looking to basically what wrath of man did about and wrath of man opening weekend at the box office from my knowledge was actually pretty decent. You know, it showed out a strong, um, basically $8.3 million dollars. And uh, that's not too bad, honestly. Um, and I and that wasn't even a sequel to anything. So I to look at the projection and to actually figure it out. What I did was I looked at the Wrath of Man's opening weekend a couple days ago. Um, saw what that was. I just wanted to make sure that I had the right number still. 
um, I looked at that number of 8.3 million and I, you know, kind of determined, you know, what would be an appropriate amount for a sequel. Um, so if a sequel was coming out to something that was relatively like new, I mean, 2017, if you're counting the years, it feels like a long time, but also like our whole 2020 was gone completely. So it feels like two years old, right? Um, at least that's my thoughts on it. Other people may have different experiences with time during this whole thing, but, um, I feel like 2017 wasn't that long ago. So I feel like it still could make more than, um, more than something like the wrath of man, um, that came out with Jason Statham. So I ended at $15 million, but let me know what you think in the comments below. If you think it's going to do over or under that, I actually had a group of like 13 year old kids in the theater today that like they went to see a movie. Um, I'm not sure which movie they went to see, I think in the Heights and they were talking about numbers and like what fast and furious nine was going to do. And it was the cutest thing in the world. Like, um, I absolutely adored that, uh, cause it was a group of three and one of them, one of them was just going on and on about what the last one made at the box office and, and this and that numbers and throwing. And his friends were like, literally just looking at him like, come on, dude, like, I don't give, I don't give a shit. Like, and it was hilarious, but this kid was so adamant that fast and furious nine was going to break records. So, um, I'm curious to know if he ends up being right about F nine and we'll see that later this month. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to know what Linda thinks of that projection too. I think other than like, um, other than the conjuring three in a quiet place, I think my favorite prediction, uh, for this month anyway, is going to be F nine and a quiet place too. uh, just because those are going to be the heavy hitters at the box office. And I mean, F nine has the potential to revive the box office, like no other, like even more than a quiet place too. So We'll see what that does in the coming weeks. But until then, we're going to take one more quick break, and then I'm going to tell you what's new to streaming. All right, everyone, welcome back. Let's uh, tell you a little bit about what's streaming this weekend. So obviously, Loki released on Disney Plus over the week um, that released last Wednesday. So you can catch up on that over at Disney Plus. You can also watch In the Heights, which is the Warner Brothers uh, musical that just released theatrically. I know if you've listened this far in the podcast, you already know what I'm talking about there. So I probably don't need to cover it that much in detail. But In the Heights is also streaming on HBO Max as well as um, in the theaters. So you can watch it at either of those two places. You also have home before dark season two, which is an Apple TV plus series about a scrappy kid reporter played by Brooklyn Prince, who is transcendent as Mooney in Sean Baker's, the Florida project returning for a second series with a new mystery to solve after unearthing a cold case in season one. Um, they are back to figure out a suspicious explosion at a local farm, and that is streaming um, starting on June 11th, so we're well into the days where you can watch that over on Apple+. Plus. Um, fun fact, I don't really care for the Florida Project all too much, um, <laughs> and you know, I think a lot of that, I, I like what the film was doing, and I like you know thematically where it was going, um, and the color palette, the cinematography, it was all beautifully shot and um it was a really gorgeous film but i i hate that ending um like absolutely it just did not resonate with me and you know maybe if i give it a second chance maybe it'll be better but uh i'm not going to so um just kidding i'm open to giving things second chances all the time but i just probably don't have the time to right now 
Um, that is the Into the Borough podcast show this week. Thank you so much for listening to another News Flash episode. These ones are really quick, really snappy, mostly because I've got a pack still and it's uh, going on 9 p.m. here when I'm recording. Um, so I've got a lot to do to leave tomorrow morning and uh, I still have to edit all this. So um, at least you're getting a podcast still on Monday. And I believe that um, the, on the 21st, which is in uh, a couple weeks, I believe that we are also going to be releasing an episode there. I think I'm going to try and record one when I get back on Sunday, the 20th. Um, so we'll see if I'm able to do that then, but hopefully me and Linda return then for another full length podcast, because I always love having someone else to chat with on these things. I mean, I've gotten accustomed to doing both, but, um, it just helps the flow, I think, honestly. And, you know, for someone who is introverted, doing a podcast by himself is kind of strange, but, uh, just because it's like, it's like. 100% of the attention is on me, but you know, I've been doing it and uh, I'll keep doing it if I must. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure to go check out our merch at thebrewreviews.com. Make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and share the podcast with your friends and family, especially those who are um, really into like entertainment news and pop culture. I think we're a really good mix of things here on the show, not just movies you know, not just TV, but also gaming news and everyday life. Some politics, sometimes not too often though. And, um, I think it's just a really fun show and it's also really casual compared to some of the other shows out there, which I really like. Um, and we want to keep it that way too. So if you like the content, go over to patreon.com slash the brewer reviews. And over there, you can get an exclusive podcast video weekly. Um, these news flash episodes don't have that cap- capability just because when I sit down to record these, I just do all audio and no video. But, um, when it's typically me and Linda on an episode, the full length video version of the podcast will be posted to patreon.com to the $10 tier, which is the trick or treat tier. And even if you want to sign up for, you know, one month and then cancel, that's totally fine. Any little bit helps support the show and keeps us financially sustainable. So, um, I really do. I really do appreciate everyone who has consistently been doing that for a few weeks and, um, has shown that they want us to keep making things, uh, I always get really encouraged when I see more and more people commenting and more and more people sharing things. And um, it just makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I hope you have a good rest of your week. And we will be back on the 21st for another episode of the Into the Bro podcast. Bye.